0: Welcome to 1991 Movie Rewind, a podcast where we watch and review every movie released in 1991, from the all-time greatest classics to the critically banned and everything in between. We'll rediscover forgotten fan favorites and uncover hidden gems as we explore the depths of to video. Join us in our celebration of the fun, unique, and diverse films of this highly underrated year. This week, we watched Out for Justice. In Out for Justice, Steven Seagal plays Gino, a New York City cop whose best friend was killed in front of his family by a drug addled, mafia connected criminal named Richie, played by William Forsyth. Gino is unable to let this affront to his way of life go unpunished, so he goes around the city to confront Richie's associates and family to personally administer justice. Screenplay by R. Lance Hill under the name David Lee Henry, directed by John Flynn, and released on April 12, 1991. Have you seen Out for Justice before?
1: Surprisingly, no.
0: Yeah, this seems like one that would be up
1: your dad's alley. (laughs) (laughs) When I was watching this movie, I was like, my dad, I mean, he probably did watch this when I was not around, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is pretty gory, but I mean, that hasn't stopped other things from being shown (laughs) in your household,
1: it sounds. Yeah, I mean, I grew up watching anything. I haven't watched... I think this is the only Steven Seagal movie I've seen.
0: <laughs> this, is, this is the only Steven Seagal movie I've seen all the way through. Okay. Oddly enough, in film school, Above the Law was part of a class lesson plan. But I don't okay. think we watched the entire movie. I think it was just a couple clips that was used to as a comparison against other movies. Okay. I don't think we watched the entire thing. Um, but yeah, I've never seen any, I've never seen Under Siege. I've never seen any, yeah, this is, this was the first one. And I don't know if it's a good introduction to him or not. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't,
1: I don't know where to begin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this, this definitely feels like a movie where, okay, he has not been in the industry all that long. He got his break in the film world in like 1988 or so when, some producer was a student of his at his uh, martial arts school and got him uh, into acting and and leading these action movies. So it's only been a couple years, but you can already tell that Steven Seagal is front and center and full of himself and this is meant to be the Steven Seagal show rather than here's a good movie. This is I'm going to show how cool and badass I am. The film. Yeah. But you can't call it that because every Steven Skull movie has to be either two or three words long. Right from the opening credits, well, even before the opening credits, you see the pretentiousness because it starts with an Arthur Miller quote. Okay. You know, talking about, you know, playwright Ar- Arthur Miller is like brought in to class up the joint before we even start. Talking about, um, you know, in essence the sanctity of neighborhoods like you can be from a place but unless you're in the neighborhood you don't really know what that means something I'm, I'm fully paraphrasing there but that's kind of a recurring theme in the movie too where gino keeps talking about well you know this guy was from the neighborhood and talking about his soon-to-be ex-wife and well you're not from the neighborhood so you don't really understand what i'm going through type of a thing like that's not how things are done here in the neighborhood like it's New York City. Well, I think it's, it's a just, It's a borough of New York yeah, City.
1: It, 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 it's, Brooklyn.
0: It, it's a massive, massive part of New York City. <laughs> I'm sure they're talking about, like, Little Italy portion of it, because they talk... about uh, We're dealing with, like, the mob and Italians, and he's pretending to be Italian, even though he's he's not in real life, but in this movie he is. Uh, and he speaks it. They have, like, a sequence of subtitles and
1: whatnot. Yeah, where he's speaking Italian.
0: But after that so like in the opening credits after he roughs up the pimp and throws him through the car window there's a freeze frame of him looking through the broken car window with starring steven seagal and like you know
1: yeah the way it starts off is it made me laugh i'm like okay we're we're, we're we're here for some cheesiness (laughs) i'm like was that meant to be like that's supposed to be badass I'm it, almost it, positive. Well, it just made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I thought it was cool. Like, oh yeah.
0: If it was a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie doing the same thing, so it was I would think it was purposely. Thing. Yeah, I would think it was purposely purpose purposefully cheesy if it was JCVD.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. I grew. Up, I guess I just grew up watching a lot more of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. Over, and I
0: grew up watching the Jackie Chan stuff. Which is also...
1: Like, cheesy.
0: Yeah. Purposely Purpo- yeah
1: This is supposed to be dramatic, but I was cracking up. Like, this movie was making me laugh.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of it has to do with the terrible acting all around.
1: Yeah, and just a lot of the fight scenes, I was just like, Jesus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. So, that, yeah. Yeah.
1: Or just a lot of the killings.
0: (laughs) They're graphic. It's... I feel like this movie was probably a little bit more graphic and gory than any of the stuff we watched for Horror Month. Most likely.
1: I mean, yeah, just people just getting shot in broad daylight and you have, like... Very (laughs) chunky. You just have people and then, like, even... It starts off with, like, graphic violence where a pimp is... Beating up like a Kelly sex Joe worker. Minter. Yes, this is our fifth movie of hers that we've seen.
0: We've now seen them all. All of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that this is the last. She's she's in a couple of TV shows in 1991, but we've now seen all of Kelly Joe Minter's five. But 1990s. that
1: was just really great. Like he was really punching her. I'm like, oh my god. And yeah. it just begins with that, and then <laughs> just going fast forwarding just you know when his partner gets shot in broad daylight in front of everyone on the streets and then two blocks later he shoots a woman in the head
0: yeah because he's blocking traffic and she's complaining I was like this is um this is becoming real life in some some areas. yeah I was like this is
1: kind of I don't know I'm like just with having the citizen app I was like this is how it is in our neighborhood. <laughs> I don't want to say our neighborhood. Just from what I whenever I get a an alert from the citizen app, it sounds like this movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's interesting watching this with modern time lenses because some of the stuff that happens I don't know. It, it Richie is the main bad guy, and you know he's the main bad guy because you see him just in broad daylight walk up to this guy Bobby Lupo, who was, I guess, partner or at least friend of Geno's, and kill him outside of this store while his
1: wife yeah, and son yeah, watched. Wife and were, yeah,
0: shoots him many times and then just walks away. But you know he's really bad because then you see him like smoking crack in the car, and that's like your. You're like oh, like, oh yeah this, this guy guy, is... oh man this guy's really bad, you know. Um, that's how you know how, how out of control he is, and then he shoots the woman, um, in in the car there. I mean, but beyond that, I mean, he's just kind of like driving around in a car,
1: like looking for yeah. They just were trying just... to
0: be, avoid Gino. In essence, I don't know. Like,
1: okay, in the beginning. When Gino sees that Pimp beat you up know, Kelly Joe Minter, uh huh. They were about to do a major drug bust. Was that yeah. what yeah. um is that what Richie was a part of or is that a separate um, thing? <laughs> I don't know.
0: Yeah, they're talking about Yeah <laughs> Gino's Current partner, I, again, I don't know if Bobby was a partner or not, but the person who's in the, the truck with him, yeah, he says, there's a $3 million hit coming up, so leave that alone because we got bigger fish to fry than this pimp who's roughing up someone. And, you know, Gino being the good guy that he is, and we'll get into how true that is, uh... Has to stop, like he's going to, you know, ignore the three million dollar drug bust thing that's going to be happening. Instead, the entire SWAT force or whatever it is comes and gangs up. So that drug
1: bust just never happened, (laughs) probably
0: not. Yeah, all those drugs are on the street, and yeah, and
1: and but nothing, and then
0: the pimp gets like literally like punched and thrown through a car, yeah, and then instead of when he was already arrested like yeah. he was already like pinned by the cop but gino comes through and just, and just beats, the shit, beats out. the shit out of him and throws him through a vehicle just because he said a word to like, you know oh i'm i know where you live i'm gonna fuck your mother or something like that and it's like yeah. oh well now i yeah
1: but okay and then next scene you have bobby with his wife and kids going shopping and that's where he gets gunned down i was uh-huh. like well what Happened with this drug deal? I guess it didn't happen. You never know. But there's, <laughs> then, yeah, there's so much of this then, stuff that
0: just is. It's just like thrown that. Off to the side.
1: First scene is so separate from the rest of the movie, and then it's to it's establish just like,
0: Gino as this good guy,
1: like but vigilante. Also a, whatever the yeah, fuck.
0: but also basically like a vigilante, um, you know, plays by his own rules. Yeah, because then type you see guy. him
1: put on that signature fucking cap that he oh usually God. wears like uh, Steven Sakal wears like in.
0: it's like this leather beret with a cop's badge on top
1: yeah but I've seen him wear that like in real life
0: I don't doubt it
1: like and in pictures like, he
0: has like this sleeveless shirt yeah
1: a, I'm, I'm like he doesn't dress
0: beret with a badge on it and he's like m- monitoring the crime scene Yeah, everyone's like make way for Gino let him see everything yeah, yeah. The the just the just the generic shitty cop behavior. Because <laughs> like Gino's like, let me go find him. I know we got a whole police force and everything. And you want to go look for him? Let me do it on my own. Just give me an unmarked car and a shotgun, and I'll go find him.
1: Well, yeah. When and it comes the boss to is like, Richie, yeah, that's okay. He, yeah.
0: Ger- Jerry Orbach's like okay.
1: And then. Jerry, like later on in the movie, Jerry says, I'm too old for this shit. And I was like, did he, so he just stole that from like. It's like every cliche.
0: Yeah.
1: It's, it seems as if Bobby, Gino and Richie grew up together because they.
0: Everyone grew up together.
1: Yeah, because this is
0: the neighborhood.
1: And he just never left it. And so no, everyone... you can't leave
0: the neighborhood. That's the whole thing. That's why they know, That's why he says, "I know Richie's not going anywhere because he's not gonna leave the neighborhood."
1: Okay, I'm so... not gonna
0: leave the neighborhood.
1: So he just won't go to Queens. He's gonna stay in Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> he knows. All right. It's because just... he's, that, that's the code of the neighborhood. Which for some reason matters, despite the fact that he broke the code of the neighborhood by shooting down Bobby in the middle of the street in front of his family.
1: I thought there was like a history between the three of them, but I guess so. Like they all went to the same school or some shit. Yeah, like everyone from from high school and whatever the fuck. Because they talked about it. I mean, Gino and Gino just became like a bad person. No,
0: he he became the good one of them all.
1: Oh no, not Gino. Richie became yeah. like the bad influence sorta and then Gino was the quote good guy or whatever and then Bobby's like in between. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah, Bobby is someone that Gino thought was good but maybe wasn't good as he Because then out, we you know, find out later movie, on just
1: blah, all this shit that I mean, like, the reason why he got shot in broad daylight and stuff like that.
0: You don't really find out a whole lot of stuff. Is, is well like is through his so wife.
1: Many... Like his wife said, Oh yeah, he was kind of corrupt. There's so many
0: stupid plot points that are just kind of, like, thrown out there. But it's all, like,
1: cliched things that you would see in, like, a mob-type movie and, like, any cop movie. Yeah, but they're all presented as
0: throwaway lines of dialogue that exist for 30 (laughs) seconds and then no one cares anymore. It it doesn't matter. You know, it's not like... I don't know. Let's talk about, like, New Jack City, for instance. Like, that movie had characterization. You know, you had a, a major supervillain with Wesley Snipes.
1: Yeah.
0: Here you have a major supervillain in William Forsythe, both involved with crack and murder, mm-hmm. cold blood. Both basically presented as these insane people who can, you know, you better not cross because you have no idea what they're capable of and we've been seeing that. But the difference is all you see William Forsythe do is just yell and shoot people
1: (laughs) yeah he's just driving around smoking crack and looking to looking for trouble and wesley
0: snipes actually has conversations with people that builds both of their characters him and whoever else he's talking to in this whole thing and that's also the same for mario van peebles and you know all these other different supporting characters they're given depth they're given something to do this is just Stephen Seagal going from one scene to another, interrogating uh, various different people through terror and violence. And every once in a while you get like a tiny little plot point like at the end where he somehow figures out that the wife dealt with Richie to possibly, you know, to intimidate his to intimidate Bobby but not have him killed. And like, who, who's like Nothing's done to her. Like, it's not brought up to anyone else. It's never brought up again. It's just, yeah, that's why it happened. Okay, goodbye. Next scene.
1: Yeah, we find out that Bobby was gunned down by Richie because Bobby was having an affair with Richie's girlfriend.
0: One of Richie's girlfriends. Yeah. Played by Julie Strain. Only through pictures and non dialogue. Yeah, we we don't even see. We see a a body. A
1: body because when they look for her, she's dead. And it may. They imply that she was killed first, and then he goes and finds Bobby and shoots him up in the middle of the street. Yeah. But as Bobby's dying. He says, "Poor Bobby." Yeah, he says, "Poor fu-
0: Bobby," what the <laughs> which I probably was his son's name too. Maybe I don't remember,
1: but they we never, never see said, the son again. Yeah, they never said the son's name. So, but I was like, I was laughing at that. Yeah, because <laughs> like, the way he was dying, and then Richie is just fucking like shooting him like a million times in the chest, yeah. and then spits in his. Base yeah. shoots him
0: more throws that picture throws the polaroid which we don't see what's on yeah
1: it. we don't see what's on that polaroid and then just like fucks off into the day and then he, bobby's like poor bobby and dies yeah. i was cracking up there's so much stuff that but, just doesn't um, matter or just that's when like gino's like okay but then gino has his own thing where he's trying to like have a relationship with his son and that's when he finds out about Bobby getting gunned down and yeah. he goes to the, for this manhunt.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the the relationship between Gino and his son and also the wife
1: yeah, is weird. Again, just tossed
0: aside. It's, it's like they mentioned a couple random things through dialogue, but it's never actually explored. One is obviously, you know, um, like the son is he's in there twice he's in there for like a couple seconds and then gino gets the call about bobby and so he pawns the son back off on the mom so he can go do his vigilante thing and then at some point they come back to the apartment with the wife and the son and they're both there and getting terrorized in a shootout
1: yeah it, everyone's apartments are getting fucking it's ransacked so
0: much of destruction of property yeah it's a lot of breakable I stuff. I would be
1: mad <laughs> that someone came in our house and just shot it up and then left. But, um... But it kept them safe. Yeah, I know. That. It's, but, I don't know. Um,
0: but I wanted to talk about the the, the divorce angle. Yeah, it,
1: it's just like, yeah, we're going through a divorce. And I, I assumed that they were... Like, he's they're separated because he's here, he has his own place.
0: There's, yeah, they're separated already. And he's because when, when he talks to Vicky...
1: the wife, the yeah.
0: wife, soon to be ex wife, um, about like doesn't... about taking the son back, he's like, Oh, well, I'm gonna go do this thing and kill this guy, but I'll be back in time for the divorce hearing. Don't you worry about that.
1: But then she but was no, like, like
0: no discussion about what is causing the divorce to happen in the first place what is the trouble in their relationship
1: it's just like yeah divorce
0: yeah yeah divorce we're getting divorce and then like
1: and uh, later on in the
0: movie he just gives some stupid little speech about the neighborhood and she's like why don't we live together forever again well, okay i'll like, do that
1: because yeah, it's just like i forgot his son's name i, was just... I don't know either <laughs> So it's like
0: inconsequential. He does not exist. Okay, she's
1: she's just like our son needs a father, and I need a husband. But okay, because he's he's
0: complaining about how he sent Richie's dad to prison to try to like coax Richie out of hiding, and he's like, but this you know Richie's dad did so much for me when we were little kids, and this is how I repay him, and you know so like that's why I'm talking about like the history of stuff and yeah, but he's also talking about how shitty of a copy is. And Vicky's response is, hey, let's stay married. I love you now.
1: But, I don't know, do, there has to be a reason why you separated in the first place, but they don't even say... They don't talk home. anything about it. Um. But yeah, and then, I mean, at the end of the movie, they're like all together again. And in the middle of all this, he witnesses a guy throw a dog out in the garbage, like out of his car, and he saves this puppy dog, and he's traveling around with this puppy all day, mm-hmm. or several days, I don't even know.
0: Yeah, I don't know how long it is.
1: Two days? Three? I don't even know.
0: I, I really don't know. Like... But
1: he 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 has that dog in his car, the entire time, I think. Yeah. And then there's even a point where he goes to some little grocery store and the guy's like, yeah, I have what you need.
0: Yeah, like, do you got any dog food? He's like, oh, yeah, we got everything you want. We got this shit right here and we got this shit right here. Like, he's that's like, pretty uh, much verbatim what the dialogue that's is.
1: That's pretty... Yeah, he's like, we got this shit and this shit. And he's like, all right, I'll buy Everything it. you need. And it's just dog food and, like, and treats. Biscuits, yeah. And,
0: um... <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> but then, like... The dog just appears just for awe. It's factor like Yeah, a it's like oh he minutes. he's a
1: good guy, he saves a puppy, whatever. Yes, exactly. And then
0: it's like look he's at how good go of a around. person this guy is. He's,
1: I will like so he's just driving around confronting people and then he has a tie in with the mob. Yes. Where the like one of the first stops that he goes to is like this butcher shop. Cause G- like he's he, finds, he Richie finds Richie and his man and his men and they do this car chase that's just like French kinetic Connect- French connection like exactly because it's like underneath the train track. except
0: with a lot more bumps I think he's like going over a bunch of curbs I yeah. guess. so like his Gino's car is hopping all around but then Richie's car driven by a different Bobby Bobby Arms um, <laughs> Arms Bobby yeah Arms.
1: and they. They just go through through the neighborhood, I guess. And yeah, and they eventually,
0: like, sort of lose them through, like, a truck backing up, and but whatever. They're able to escape into the butcher shop and get a little bit of a head start, but they... Yeah, whatever.
1: But I will say, the fight scenes are fun.
0: Yes. The fight scenes are fun. They are graphic. They don't pull their punches. And that's the best thing you can say for them. I was expecting a little bit more martial art, but reading more about the type of martial arts that Seagal did, it is more like throw and momentum based rather than like kick punch. Yeah, he does Aikido, which is... So it makes sense knowing that, that yes, this does fit into his style. There is the part
1: where he's in that bar where he's fighting that guy with... The sticks. Pool sticks.
0: Yeah, the guy named Sticks, Dan Enosanto, who has his own gym as well, he studied under Bruce Lee. He kind of uses them.
1: Well, he has nunchucks.
0: No, he, no, he treats the pool cues as nunchucks. Both of them do. They both How have like it... broken, broken in half.
1: But how do they stick together, like, through string, like a nunchuck?
0: No, they're just making the same movements, but there's okay. no moving parts on either side.
1: I thought he literally had nunchucks and then all of a sudden got, like, a pull cue, and that's when they started doing the stick Yeah, the closest thing, fight.
0: <laughs> it's probably better to compare them to, like, long size.
1: E, okay, like, so or, instead of small yes, or small bows. Yes, so
0: small bows. <laughs> Maybe mini katanas or something. I don't know. Um, but, I mean,
1: these fights were cool. Mm-hmm. And e- that fight in the butcher shop and then even the fight in that bar were the best fights. And they also made me laugh. Because even just... even Especially... Well, I mean, I guess in both. Because they kind of have comedic elements in it. And I don't yeah. know if it was meant to be comedic. But I was laughing.
0: I think I think a little bit, yeah. Yeah supposed to be some of
1: the guys were coming after him and just in the butcher shop he just like someone comes after him with a cleaver and he takes that cleaver and like just pretty much wipes out his leg
0: in his his hand as well and yeah first
1: the leg and then like to the hand and then the he like hammers the hand the cleaver into the wall with his hand stuck through it and the guy's just like making this moaning wailing sound the entire time while he's like trying to beat up other people and then he goes up to the owner of the butcher shop i guess and he's like are you a good guy are you a good guy like Like, don't 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 be bad bad because he's
0: yeah he's threatening to shoot him He's like you don't want to be like this don't don't be a bad guy. He yeah. just to taste the gun. Over. But
1: I feel like the guy, that owner guy, was just trying to defend his shop?
0: Well, I mean, you know, everyone's a criminal and that's involved right. with Richie in some way, right? So they went to that butcher shop for a reason. They had those thugs in there already, so it was probably, like, a combo. That was probably, like, a mafia-run thing is the implication there. So... Yeah, the mafia is involved to some degree. I don't really know what Richie's connection is to the mafia because the mafia is also searching for Richie because they also did, yeah. did not know that this hit on Bobby was going to happen and they don't like the way it was carried out. Yeah, so on and so forth. So Richie about There's it. like this whatever weird connection and a bunch of different conversations and I don't I don't care. I don't like, none of it was good. <laughs> None of it like really made sense. It, it, it never really felt like there was a good dynamic or race between the mobsters and Gino and the the other cops, you know? I, I never, aside from like one tiny little scene in the bar, you never really see the mob people actively going after Richie. I don't know what their purpose was other than to Show that Gino had the opportunity to become a mobster but chose to become the good guy cop instead mm-hmm. because he grew up in the neighborhood. You know, his friend Frankie, who is like the second in command of the mob, yes. is you know, one of his best friends from growing up and he's giving Unless all these kind monologues.
1: Of like, uh, you've never seen this movie, The Bronx Tale. I know you didn't see this movie, but it's that's also a, a neighborhood movie. Where, like, this kid becomes a part of, like, friendly with this mob family, whatever. And they kind of protect him, even though he's never really part of the mob. I feel like maybe that's what Gino was to this mob. That could be. Like, they just grew up together because they're part of the neighborhood.
0: But I also think part of it...
1: I mean, you, you just don't, like, know these backstories. No. Just, like it's there
0: you don't fully know the relationships you just get tiny little bits and pieces and it's not enough but I also think that part of it is that Gino purposely turns a blind eye to a lot of what the mob does
1: because I think in exchange for whatever information yeah I think they're like working like as informants like he's like hey I won't arrest you or whatever if you just give me all of this information because oh, no, everything illegal. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Like, let's not mince words. Like, Gino is a shitty, corrupt-ass cop.
1: Well, yeah. He is I mean,
0: a terrible, abusive... The kind that you're seeing a lot on the news these days. Times
1: 10. Even though he... Tr- saves a puppy and then t- prevents, like, a... He pin saves? from getting, yes. Like, beating up, like, a... Uh, Kelly Jo Minter. Even though... But, yeah, yeah.
0: That was already Other done. Than that, he he had already stopped it, and then decides to go
1: like beat the shit. Yeah, he, he just can't. But it's and this like, is what
0: we're rooting on.
1: Yeah, you're you want to root this, but it's like none of his um, none colleagues of the
0: tactics are illegal.
1: Like, <laughs> well, none of his colleagues are like, hey, 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 calm down. No. They, well, they're like, yeah, go ahead, fucking go on a rampage and kill whoever the fuck.
0: Yeah, like, he literally asks his boss, Jerry yeah. Orbach, and says, give me an unmarked car and a shotgun and I'll go after this guy myself. And he's like, yeah, okay. Cool. Right. That sounds good.
1: And then, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and, yeah, like, everything he does, he just, like, destroys... Everything is like a way to terrorize. Right, yeah, just going to.
1: He's going. He's like, I'm on a mission. Like, uh, this is for revenge for my. Yeah, this is a
0: personal vendetta. So I get to uh, do whatever I want because I have a
1: badge. Right. And he's just going through all these local hangouts, trying to find Richie, getting all this information even going to Richie's family and like arrest, like threatening to arrest them or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he happens, he goes to like this bar what are like the one where Gina Gershon works at. Like,
0: yeah, there's like, some sort of like nightclub that nightclub Gina Gershon bar. Um, owns. Well, her character, Patty Madonna, who is the sister of Richie bones
1: yeah. yeah so he happens upon like a waitress and the waitress is giving him tips and it's just like it's about his girlfriend Rick Rex- roxanne
0: yeah that's like the only actual like quote-unquote detective work that exists in the movie is yeah just a random happenstance note that he gets from a waitress. Otherwise, his plan was just to beat up people until, yeah, until someone told found, until he found Richie. He's yeah, like, until he found fuck it, I'll just fuck you all up.
1: Right, and then the the whole relationship with him and Terry, like Terry giving him this info. Was... Terry being
0: the waitress. Basically.
1: Yeah, Terry the waitress. But, and then she gives more information about like about Bobby. Like I guess Bobby was having an affair with Roxanne as well as her
0: yeah that wasn't 100 percent clear either they they sort of said that but then terry seemed to like want to slap gino and i wasn't sure if it was because it was right or because it was wrong information so either either terry was with richie at the same time as richie was with roxanne or she was with bobby at the same time that bobby was with roxanne or maybe all of them we're seeing yeah. everyone at the like no context, no time. Yeah. And then that's Get to the when, shooting.
1: Right. And then t- that's the whole thing where he goes to that bar and has the fight with sticks. <laughs> but, um, and then that's when the, uh,
0: that, that other bar is with, um, the brother, Rich's brother, Rich's brother. So Vinnie. he's
1: just going to the family members. Yeah
0: and he sees the info. mom and dad
1: yeah goes, yeah
0: goes to see the mom and dad um basically saying hey your your,
1: your son killed yeah.
0: a cop in broad daylight in front of his family and blah blah blah. and basically everyone's saying oh he's too far gone because of the drugs he's too far gone because of the drugs we can't control him. i mean Nobody
1: meanwhile gino strong. is like in hiding with the, his current girlfriend richie you mean Richie. Oh, yeah. Richie is currently in hiding with his current girlfriend, Rika, who's Juliana Margulies, and her sister. I was like, what? Where? Like, what is this relationship? Because you see, Juliana Margulies, like, teaching English to, like, this Italian woman. I thought it was Italian because I thought. Because like, everyone was speaking Italian. I don't well, know.
0: except for, you know, the prostitutes, which is what Rika was as well. Right. So.
1: And she lives in, like, um, like is she, I don't know, is she like a madam? Because they live in, like, this house where there's other women there. Possibly. But, and that's where Richie and All Ritchie we know is that Gino people, knows that house. Yeah, Richie and his people, like, his thug friends all hang out there. And that's when they have... We're going to have a party. So then, you know, they're doing drugs. And then this little neighborhood kid sends a tip to Gino saying, Hey, I know where Richie is.
0: Yeah, and Gino's like, Oh, I know that house.
1: Right. Because he knows the neighborhood.
0: Because he knows the neighborhood. He knows about all the prostitution stuff and whatever, probably, too. and Whatever.
1: Which turns into this... The way he just like um, comes up to this house made me laugh, because he has this giant shotgun. Oh my god! And, um, the way he just comes on—he's holding it
0: stupidly, like creeping up the stairs with one hand, like above his head, sort of like I don't know. It's tough to visualize, but you know, like. He'd be shooting completely blind, basically. Right. No way to aim it properly But at those all. types
1: of like, guns, oh. don't you need, like, two hands? Because that's, like, a giant-ass Unless ass gun. you're a badass. And you can use one hand... You can use it one-handedly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then they just shoot up the place, and the mob appears. And, um... <laughs> that's when they well, find... Is this also
0: the shoot... No, this is not the shootout with the leg.
1: Yeah, Yeah, this is the shootout with the leg.
0: Because I thought the... Oh, yeah, it is. So, do we skip the shootout at the apartment of the the wife?
1: Well, we sort of talked about
0: it. Yeah, there's so many shootouts in this thing. But basically, yeah, like, Richie's thugs come to the wife's apartment because he gets a car with a police scanner, and so he overhears Gino talking to somebody on the police scanner about how he's going to go see his wife and kid, and so tries to ambush, and it backfires, and whatever. Anyway, yeah, so a lot of of action, little plot. Sorry. Meanwhile, the dog is in the car.
1: Yeah, that's what... The dog (laughs) is in the car this entire time. There's even a line... With a bag of dog food and biscuits waiting for him. There's even a line that he says,
0: he picks up the dog, like halfway through the movie, he's like, oh, I almost forgot about you. I'm like, yeah, so did... The entire, like, screenwriting team, whoever was, it was involved like the, in
1: this. I don't... It's a little puppy, and I don't know. You're leaving him in the car. Whatever. I know. But he goes to this thing, and the shoot... The, this is another... All the fight scenes are good, I will say. <laughs> another good... And he shoots off one of the guy's legs, and that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> just clean off.
0: Clean right off at the knee, just...
1: And it's the dude gone. just, like, collapses over his now legless leg there. And um, I mean, he just goes up to Rika, and she's just like, yeah, he's in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, she just does not give a shit. And that's their fight was okay. Right? That was the worst one. It was okay until he stabbed him in the forehead with a corkscrew. I mean, that was. It was just funny.
0: It was kind of a weak fight because like Richie couldn't do shit, you know. Like he basically just kept getting beat up over and over again. Yeah. And he got like thrown to the ground. He would pick up some other random item, try to attack Gino with it. Gino would like one up him and like throw him on the ground and like throw him into some other thing and break something else, and rinse and repeat a couple times until he grabs a fucking corkscrew off the ground because mm-hmm. that's the closest possible weapon he finds. Also gets overpowered by Gino once again. And then yeah, Gino like stabs him in the head with the corkscrew to kill him, and then yeah, the mob comes in, yeah. and then Gino takes Frank's gun to put bullets in. It's like, oh man, good thing you took care of that guy for me again. Corrupt cop right. doing your work and blaming on someone else.
1: Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? So he's gonna blame the mob. For yeah, he's it? just gonna put his friend but, from school. Okay, away so his for boss Jerry Orbach knows that Gino is out on the hunt for this dude. Wouldn't they just know that he's gonna kill Richie? I mean, that's what that's the point. His intent is, and that Jerry Orbach is like, yeah, I don't fucking do it. Yeah, I mean, but I don't you know. I <laughs> mean, you get the
0: you get the sense of this the whole you know cop culture yeah right they you know like they have their backs as well right so you know the mafia they're going to protect their own the cops are going to protect their own when gina Gershon's character gets brought in and she's like well i don't even know what i'm being arrested for yet which she had an illegal firearm that could easily have just been the thing but she says um gino says Nah, we're gonna book you for prostitution and it's like what are you talking about prostitution he's like yeah and he calls to some other guy in the back yeah, haven't you seen this girl on the street
1: a yeah, bunch. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he's like, "Oh yeah, all the time." She charges whatever, $15, $10.
1: And she's like, "$10 this" and gives them the finger.
0: So like, you know, they're clearly okay with like covering and just making up shit.
1: Right. Okay. And
0: again, it's it, you know one of those things that in the 90s you don't really think about too much when you're watching these movies. You're like, oh, yeah, this is just, like, a fun cop movie. Right. And, like, oh, man, he's, you know, going... I mean, look, Steven Seagal literally has a movie called Above the Law, right? You know, it, he's going above the law again here and just doing whatever he wants to do in order to exact the justice that he feels is right personally. It just has a different feeling to it in 2022 to me.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's just not less... until you see...
0: Oh, you're talking, like, training day?
1: Yeah, training day. It's not until, like, training day where you're like, oh, shit.
0: Well, I mean, French Connection was supposed to be sort of that way.
1: But it it didn't seem like it.
0: Because Popeye in French Connection was, you know, he was more corrupt in a sense. He was more brutal and physical with people when he didn't really have the right to be in order to get that information. But... Yeah, it doesn't seem like it now because movies have gone so much further than The French Connection since. Yeah. So it's like kind of like a different... You know, It's the evolution of the thing. Uh, but it's just weird to see... Yeah, this guy is the hero. This is the guy you're supposed to root, up, root for. I don't know if they meant for him to be sort of like an anti-hero. I think they literally thought that everything that Steven Seagal was doing in this movie was good heroic. guy shit yeah. and because, super heroic. Because
1: of showing him save a puppy and like saving a sex worker. Uh-huh. And then like at the end of the movie, it's just he, him and his wife and the puppy. I'm like, where's the son? Was yeah. the son even there? It was like maybe him, his wife, puppy. I don't remember the kid. I don't remember either. But, but yeah, they in, come across. Acro- he comes walk. across the guy that threw the puppy out of the car, and yeah, it's a
0: very memorable car and bumper sticker. Yeah, I forgot. What happens that- to see it after the guy like bumps into the wife and doesn't say excuse me. So Stevens Gull is about to go start a fucking fight just for that, and then right. sees the bumper sticker and he's like, "Oh, I'm justified for this now."
1: Yeah, I'm gonna kick your ass, and then the dog. This is like the third movie where we have a dog like fake pee on someone. Yeah, and this is the worst.
0: Oddly, the worst one, even though like, and you thought your parents were weird had like the, the weird, fake like, leg, leg like, that somebody was holding off. It was, was like an animatronic screen. leg coming <laughs> up. <laughs> that was somehow more realistic than the, this fake urinating it was just on like the guy's face.
1: Someone put peanut butter on the guy's face, and they're like, put the puppy on top of him, and they make this psss sound. Yeah. And then that's it. It
0: is so bad. I think that's <laughs> that possibly is the only attempt at legitimate humor.
1: Yeah, but I, that's why I was like is this movie funny cuz it's funny? Me. I it, mean, is this it is,
0: is this movie it is funny? Comedy? Yeah.
1: Or is it meant to be dramatic except for this scene? It is funny. And then they just like walk off onto the beach at the end. And then you have what you think are going to be bloopers but no, it's just but no, it's just Steven Seagal with a gun. More self-indulgent
0: shots of Steven Seagal like looking badass, and then it's like a freeze frame on him like looking around, and then the end. Yeah. It's, it's like Jesus Christ. He's like he, he's so fucking full of himself. Well, yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> it's not warranted. It's just not. I don't know. Again, I haven't seen any of the other movies. Maybe some of them are better. I think Under Siege is probably his most popular. His popular one. Above which, the Law also is like his after. first one. I mean, this is That like, was like a year after, yeah.
1: This is like the first movie where I think this broke him out to be famous, Out for Justice? Um,
0: no, I mean, Above the Law was his first one, and that was huge, too.
1: Oh, okay. I don't... But this is still early on in his career. Like, he's not... It was like three or four movies in, yeah. He's not like... He's like his third one. I don't movie know. Fourth. Wh- whoever, like Denzel, I guess. He's not... We're done, like Denzel on Training Day. Where Denzel has been like established as a good badass actor. Like he's only been doing this for like three years. And he thinks that he's already at that badass level.
0: Yes. And... Okay, to his credit, I mean... It's because of the fight scenes. It's not because of his acting chops. But he doesn't know that. He thinks it's the total package. Right. So he delivers where I think most people care about it most. Like, it's really easy to excuse bad dialogue, bad acting in an action movie. It's kind of par for the course. And if you get good acting on top of everything else, then holy shit, you have a masterpiece on your hands, practically. Um, so, you know, any sort of success, and you know, Hollywood blows smoke in people's ears to kind of inflate their egos on top of what, who knows how inflated it already was going in, you know, whatever. I'm not going to get into the psychology of Steven Seagal too much here, so, um, but it's clear that it was trying to showcase him above everything else and i think that was at the detriment because the plot just suffered it it made no sense there's like weird little monologues of shit that just doesn't matter there's little weird little plot points that just don't develop or go anywhere it's just let's do a random thing have a fight scene break some shit do a tiny little dialogue scene go break some shit and that's the movie I think yeah, like I think it's trying to have some sort of context. I think it is trying to have some sort of like social commentary about drugs in there because they talk about how out of control Richie is and how gone he is and you know.
1: Yeah, the drugs ruined his life. Yes. And now he's like on the rampage to just kill anyone now he's, he's, like in his way.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile Gino is also that way without the drugs.
1: Yeah, he just became a cop
0: so but again it doesn't have like the nuance of a new jack city in that that regard all right should we talk about the cast and crew i guess here
1: yeah
0: all right um so we got john flynn directing this he's done things like the outfit which was another like major cop film from like the 70s he did rolling thunder defiance he did Marilyn: the untold story another Marilyn monroe biopic but that was back in 1980 and he also did uh, brain scan you got R. Lance Hill was the writer, again, under a pseudonym. All of his screenwriting work was under the name David Lee Henry, but he was also a novelist. Uh, He's a Razzie-nominated for writing Roadhouse. He also did 8 Million Ways to Die and The Evil That Men Do. Steven Seagal is a Razzie nominee for Half Past Dead, Fire Down Below, and Executive Decision. He is a Razzie winner for directing On Deadly Ground. Uh, He's been in stuff like Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Marked for Death, Under Siege, Exit Wounds, Machete, the only time he plays a villain, I believe, and also that TV show he had, True Justice. William Forsythe was terribly utilized in this movie as Richie Madonna. I feel like we talked about him in Career Opportunities. I feel like his character in Career Opportunities was more fleshed out than his character here in this like his you know two sentence cameo appearance as the night janitor in in that movie you know (laughs) i feel like he was better as an actor in that than this Uh, jerry orbach we've seen him once before in delirious he'll also be in delusion toy soldiers california casanova beauty and the beast and one of the perry mason movies People know him from Law & Order, of course, where he was Emmy-nominated. He was also Emmy-nominated for Broadway Bound and Golden Girls as a guest appearance. And uh, he is the dad in Dirty Dancing, as most people know. Joe Ciampa, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Ciampa, played Vicky Fellino, the the wife, almost ex-wife. She's a, a Italian model who went to America to do some acting. Uh, she had been in some Italian movies like Salome, where she played the lead in that, uh, The Family, and then in America she did Movies like Little Buddha and Don Juan DeMarco. We got Gina Gershon as Patti Madano. She has a Razzie nomination for Showgirls, MTV nomination for Best Kiss for the movie Bound. She'll also be in the 1991 movie City of Hope. And also she had some deleted scenes in Jungle Fever. So she's in that movie, but probably not in what we will watch. Um, But she's also been in things like Tripping the Rift, um, P.S. I Love You and Killer Joe. We got uh, Anthony DeSondo played Vinnie Madano, who is the brother. Uh, he was in New Jack City as well. He was like um, part of the crew that was trying to take over Wesley Snipes'
1: right?
0: You know the his yeah. empire. Uh, he'll also be in Grand Isle and Return of Elliot Ness. He's had recurring roles in L.A. Law and The Under Suspicion TV show. I do also want to mention the the father, Mr. Madano, the one that Gino arrests for his own protection and also to get Richie out of hiding. He's played by Dominique Chianese. He was two-time Emmy-nominated for The Sopranos. He's also a very prolific character actor who's been in things like Boardwalk Empire, Damages, Ryan's Hope. Uh, he's also been in Godfather Part Two, Dog Day Afternoon, and All the Presidents Men. And then uh, we have a couple random cameos in this. So we talked about Kelly Joel mentor already. We talked about Julie Strain already. Uh, John Leguizamo is also in this movie. I think you probably missed this. I don't know if you saw it or not, but he does appear in a non-dialogue montage scene, a very lackluster, purposeless montage scene of Richie just doing bad shit and Gino looking for him. Um, John Leguizamo is the boy in the alley who gets uh, shaken down by Richie and assumably shot in the head. Uh, We've seen him again uh, in Regarding Henry, uh, on the other end of the gun, and then we'll see him in Hanging with the Homeboys and Poison. Shannon Worry played Terry Malloy. She is sort of like a Shannon Tweed-like video performer, (laughs) where she does, you know, like the the erotic movies, Mm -hmm. Animal Instincts, Body of Influence, Private Obsession, and Fatal Pursuit. This is one of her first movies. And this was the first movie of Juliana Margulies that we talked about before, we played Rika. She went on uh, to be a two-time Emmy winner for The Good Wife and one-time winner for ER, and she has seven other Emmy nominations for those roles. Uh, this was her debut movie, like I said, uh, and she went on to do things like Snakes on a Plane besides those TV roles. So there we go. Pretty big cast.
1: Why does she do shitty movies but good TV shows? I don't know.
0: I mean, this is her first part. It's tough to... Turn down something like this.
1: I get that. But you go to Snakes on a Plane. Maybe she just
0: wanted something fun and different than what she'd been doing. ER? Like High end drama. You want to just do like a goofy something thing. Fun. Yeah. Get a chance to work with Sam Jackson.
1: I guess. No, I don't know. I you know, just... right never
0: you know. I think the story of Snakes on a Plane and how that movie kind of like morphed into something other than what it originally was intended to be may explain that too. But. I don't know all the details of that. Um, On the awards front, there's none. Not even like a Razzie, no MTV Movie Awards, nothing. Uh, It did make a decent amount of money. It made almost three times its budget.
1: Yeah, from what I was reading, this was number one in the box office the week it came out. So, I mean, everyone (laughs) must have loved this movie.
0: Yeah, it's number thirty-one box office performer on our list. Um, so not not the biggest, but still Big pretty enough. decent. Yeah. So yeah. We can move on to true kind pop culture.
1: Okay, so I'm only gonna talk a little bit about Steven Seagal because he's just a shitty person overall. <laughs> And I will... I have to remember this. There is a podcast that I listen to sometimes called Behind the Bastards. It is a good podcast where they just talk about all the shitty things that shitty people do. Hmm. And they did a very good in-depth episode about Steven Seagal. It was like a couple years ago. If I can find it, I'll link it. Okay, But it just gives everything that he's done that's shitty. But I'm just going to talk about um, what all the um, I guess incidents that happened around the filming of this movie. And in May I found this on the mixedmartialarts.com website. And in May of nineteen ninety one, during the filming, well, it says during the filming of this, but this movie came in April, so I don't know what they I think maybe it was mostly
0: filmed in nineteen ninety. Yeah.
1: So uh, this is probably like a typo or something. So yeah, they probably, probably just assumed because it
0: was released in ninety one that
1: was filmed it. So in during the filming of nineteen of Out for Justice in either nineteen ninety or early nineteen ninety one. There were a few stuntmen, I guess, (laughs) that Steven Seagal got into some altercations with, some conflicts with, and he was accused by former stunt performers that work with him just intentionally hitting them during these scenes instead of, you know, Uh, fake fighting. Okay. And one of them is one of the stunt coordinators that he has a beef with probably even till this day because when I was on this mixed martial arts website there was like four or five different articles and there's even like a podcast that this guy did like somewhat recently maybe like eight years ago still about this conflict between him and Steven Seagal his name is Gene LaBelle And LaBelle allegedly got into an on set altercation with Seagal over his mistreatment of, you know, the film stunts. And due to Steven Seagal's Aikido training, he was saying that he was immune to being choked unconscious. And LaBelle offered. (laughs) <laughs> is Seagal the opportunity to pr- prove it? This is just like a pissing contest. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And LaBelle is said to have placed his arms around Seagal's neck to do the choke, like a choke hold. And once Seagal said, go ahead, do it, LaBelle proceeded to choke him unconscious, and Seagal s- <laughs> allegedly lost control of his bowels, and shat himself.
0: And, 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 like, a bunch of people were watching, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, on the, the articles that I read, it's... So, Steven Seagal says that, no, this didn't happen. And then, when I was reading this, there was, like, an interview. Like, I think Ronda Rousey is... I don't know anything about Gene LaBelle, but I guess he's an MMA person. Like a trainer. Yeah, so he trained Rhonda Rousey, I think. And they had, like, I think she has her own podcast from what I was reading these articles. And she interviewed him, and he said yes, that he crapped himself. And up until, like, 2012, he's been saying this. And. Uh, Seagal denies it, but I guess even to this day, this LaBelle guy is like, yeah, he shit his pants. <laughs> so there's that. And then just in the early 90s, also during the filming of Out for Justice, there were several Warner Brothers employees that accused Seagal of sexual harassment. And... These, in return for remaining silent, these women received around fifty thousand dollars each for a court settlement. And then, around that time, there were four actresses claiming that Seagal had sexual advances toward them during casting sessions. And then, what I, and then I read a little thing that Juliana Margulies even it. From what I read, just Stephen, everyone hates him because even what's his face Richie, whatever the what's his, the guy who played William Forsythe, William Forsyth, yeah. hated him too, because um, Stephen. Yeah,
0: apparently go- his scenes got cut.
1: Yeah, like their their scenes together, they just didn't want to work. Like no one wants to work with him. And Julianne yeah, Margul was
0: one of the producers, and so I guess he had some sort of final cut approval or something like that. Yeah, and thought that William Forsythe was showing him up too much and so right. a lot of the scenes and got then even Why William Forsythe said
1: that Steven Seagal told him to work on his Brooklyn accent and William Forsythe is like I'm from Brooklyn Right. <laughs> and Juliana Margulies said that while she was filming her like her the beginning seasons of ER there would be times where Steven Seagal was on the set to do film something else and whenever he saw her he would, like, make her come up to him and, like, hug him. Like, right. out of respect. He's like, you know who I am. You have to come and respect me like, by yeah, saying I hi. Gave
0: you my, I gave you your star. You would right. be without me type of a thing.
1: And, I mean, there's, like, even to this day, there are, like, a million allegations against him. But that podcast I listened to was really good about how shitty of a human being he is. And then I also... Well, then he we also saw at the end credits that he, Steven Seagal wrote the song one of the songs yeah co-wrote was... one
0: of those at least one them, I think a couple actually but yeah the one that plays during the montage Shake the Firm performed by Cool JT uh, that was co-written by Steven Seagal
1: right so I mean he had a lot of say in this movie for some yeah. fucked up reason And then when I also saw like in the trivia for Out for Justice that this movie was loosely based off of a true story and it's about an American criminal and slash mobster his name is Costabile Gus Mm -hmm. Ferracci. And he was an associate of the Bonono crime family. <laughs> okay. I don't know, did you read about this? Or no, no any- I just thought that was funny. B it's B O N A N N N O. So Bonono. like Bonono. So
0: last week we had Bo 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 Bo. And, and we now have
1: Bonono. Bonono. But they th- when I was reading about this crime family, they call them the banana like the banana. There's like a banana Opals War. warono's gang, Yeah. So, this starts out in October 1979. Farachi murdered a 17-year-old boy and badly wounded a 16-year-old. So Farachi was out with his three friends in New York, the neighborhood. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) The neighborhood of New York, yes. Yes. (laughs) I know it.
1: So, apparently, these two boys were sex workers cause they came up and made advances towards Farachi and his men and they got pissed off. They took these two boys to a beach in Staten Island. So they were in Greenwich Village, so I don't know if you know where Staten Is that's a somewhat far enough drive.
0: I I don't know a specific geography, no.
1: So but it's just They just threw him in a car and went to Staten Island. And, um, once there, they took him out and beat the shit out of them, killing the 17-year-old. And the 16-year-old got away by just diving into the water and, like, swimming off. Mm. And, um, the 16-year-old, four days later, the 16-year-old was able to identify Farachi and his men in a police lineup after the death of the seventeen year old. And then on December tenth, nineteen seventy nine, Fraci pled guilty to first degree manslaughter and he was sentenced to seven to twenty one years in prison. But in June third, nineteen eighty eight, he was out on parole. So he was in prison for like eight and a half years. Mhm. Soon after he got out of parole he began selling cocaine and marijuana and then in late February 1989 he set up a cocaine deal with an undercover, undercover federal DEA agent by the name of Everett Hatcher and around the evening of February 28, 1989 Farachi met Hatcher in a remote part of Staten, Staten Island. The neighborhood. Yeah. To complete this deal, Hatcher met Farachi to discuss the purchasing of cocaine on several occasions. And then during this time, during this drug transaction, Hatcher got separated from his surveillance team. And when the team finally found him, he was shot through the head three times. So that's when they're... Became a nationwide manhunt ha- hunt for Farachi. He was on the FBI's ten most wanted, and this manhunt la- lasted uh, ten months, and he was going from house to house through, for his through his girlfriends. So it's somewhat similar to like okay. what Rich is doing, but Richie just stayed in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and Farachi just went. All throughout the state of New York but then he ended up back in Brooklyn and in November November 17th 1989 there was a police dispatcher received a 911 emergency call about a car parked in Brooklyn and the car contained one male occupant with another male lying face down on the sidewalk both of them had been shot and one of the men was Farachi. Huh. He had a gunshot wound, wounds in his head, neck, back, and leg. But they don't no know one who did it. Huh? Who did it? They they think it said onlookers thought it was just like a, a drive by. So it could have been the Bonono family, yeah, it some, yeah, other, it been uh, been some other yeah. mob tie tie in thing.
0: Yep. So we'll move on to rankings and ratings then. Uh, On your one-to-five-star scale, where are you going to put Out for Justice?
1: Um, I'm going to give this movie a two.
0: Yeah, on my zero-to-four-star scale, I'm going to give it a... Oh, God. I think I'm going to give it a one. Okay. I mean, it was fun, I guess. But, God, it could have been so much more. It wasn't fun. I, I don't know. Between, like, this and Double Impact, I much prefer Double Impact.
1: Oh, yeah. Even though I I kind of think it was
0: worse made.
1: Double Impact?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I think it was shittier production values, shittier directing. Yeah. To a degree. But that movie has... But it's so much more... I I prefer the lighthearted cartooniness of Double Impact. Yeah, because it's
1: not intentionally... It's... Yeah, it's intentionally funny, I guess. This yeah. is not meant to make you laugh, but I was laughing. And I think that's, that's why I'm giving it a 2. And plus, I really like the fight scenes.
0: Yeah, they, that's what salvages it. It's like, decent production values, like competent the acting directing. Acting is horrible. Terrible, terrible acting. Garbage, worthless script. But really goopy, gory action. Saves the day, and
1: then plus there's a cute
0: dog, and there's a cute dog that pisses on a face,
1: <laughs> and they they name the dog Coraggio, which means like courageous or brave in Italian.
0: Anyway, every movie's worth watching once. Would you watch this again?
1: I think I would want to see a couple other Steven Seagal movies just to be like, is this better or worse than his other movies?
0: I, I agree. I, I think I need to have a comparison point. I think, you know, if anybody's, like, yelling at their podcast screen... <laughs> what? <laughs> about, like, how how we're tearing this They're movie like, apart no, or whatever. They're like, no, this
1: is great. Or, no, you are right. This is shitty. Like,
0: tell us what we got wrong, right? You know, like, tell us why we're off the mark on this one. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I... I I'd watch like Above the Law. I'd watch Under Siege. A couple of the more like popular stuff just to kind of like understand: is this par for the course, or is this actually something better than the uh, others? Yeah, is
1: this his best effort, or is this the worst?
0: Yeah, let us know what his best movie is because we don't know, and And this does not not feel like it. I
1: will not watch any others.
0: That that'll be the deciding factor again. Uh, but if you out there want to watch out for justice, as of this recording in October 2022, it's available on digital rental, VHS, or DVD. As always, check your local listings. You can listen to us on all of your major podcasting platforms. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. You can email us at 1991movierewind at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, YouTube. Just search 1991movierewind or go to 1991movierewind.com for the full list of movies along with show notes and more. Next week, we're continuing the action theme once again with Point Break, which will be your first time viewing for me. That's available on Netflix, Digital Rental, VHS, and DVD. See you then.